0: To come follow me with three, episode 69 creation. Hello, everyone. All right, I'm going to start out really quickly with a little bit of, of business. I, at some point, did an episode, not the same episode, but I numbered two episodes the same number. And so, if you were paying attention last week, I did episode 67, and now I'm telling you it's episode 69. But really, it's because this is truly episode 69, I just accidentally did two numbers of the same. So, I'm sure none of you are paying attention (laughs) enough to do that, but I just had to put that out there so that I'm not confused so that nobody's confused. This is episode 69. All right. So this week is such an exciting week. This week we read about the creation and it's a topic that we as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints speak about a lot. And I love thinking about the creation because it reminds me and teaches me about my God, whose primary purpose is to create and makes me think about my potential as a creator myself. And I think that that's one of the reasons that as a church, we focus so much on it. We are all creators now and our potential is literally creation. We are destined to create. Our Creator created you and me and this world, the heavens, this church, a Savior. His work, which is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, is ultimately continuing the work of creating and bringing to reality the perfection of souls. So, in preparation for this, I started writing a bunch of things and writing a bunch of my thoughts. And then I came across a talk that was given by President Nelson in the year 2000. And I decided that. I just loved what he had to say, and it's so much better than what I had planned. And especially now that he's our prophet, it would be a key great time to hear what President Nelson has to say about the creation. So with that, we're going to dive into his talk. We're going to talk about it, and I think it'll be a good companion to you reading your chapters this week. The talk was called The Creation, and it was given in April General Conference of 2000. He says, any man-made creation is possible only because of our divine creator. The people who design and build are given life and capacity by that creator, and all materials used in the construction of an edifice are ultimately derived from the rich resources of the earth. The Lord declared, the earth is full, and there is enough to spare. Yea, I prepared all things. Isn't it cool that the Lord made the earth? Equipped with all of the things that we would need, including our own bodies and our own brains, but then also all of the rich resources of the earth so that we could create? If you think about human history, what is one of our primary drivers, especially in modern human history, as we have worked our way toward the fullness of times? We are creators. And depression often ensues when we see a lack of creativity in our life. Now, creativity just doesn't need to just mean art, although that is certainly a beautiful product of creativity. For me, I've seen my own creativity go in different directions at different times in my life. I've always loved to write, not necessarily in school, but for enjoyment. In fact, I have a few things that I wrote in high school that I now find very embarrassing, but they were certainly motivated by my innate human desire to create. After high school, I became very interested in photography, and over the next 15 years, I created a good little business out of art, and I was pretty awesome at it. And this, just this last year or so, I'm taking a break from taking clients, and pretty much immediately, as soon as I kind of decided to step back from that a little bit, I decided to do this podcast as a creative outlet. It wasn't really something that I intentionally decided to do because I knew I needed a creative outlet. It's just something that came naturally from my desire to create. And everything that you and I create, whether it's artistic, business, creating your home atmosphere, cooking, music, relationships, fashion, home decor, pursuing knowledge, beautiful routines, a career. I don't know. There's so many things I could keep going on forever. All of those things are made possible because of our God. President Nelson continues. He says, it is difficult for mortal minds to comprehend the majesty of the creation It is much easier for us to think about good things to eat or fun things to do. But I would like to stretch our minds to think of things beyond our easy grasp. (laughs) I love his observation here. It is much easier for us to think about good things to eat or fun things to do. I think we just got called out. I would agree with that. (laughs) But think of that As an invitation for this week, as you read the chapters that we've been assigned, this week is an invitation to stretch your mind to think of things beyond our easy grasp. So really let your mind light up as you hear this next part from President Nelson. The creation of man and woman was wondrous and great. So was the creation of the earth as their mortal dwelling place. The entire creation was planned by God. A council in heaven was once convened in which we participated. There, our Heavenly Father announced His divine plan. It is also called the plan of happiness, the plan of salvation, the plan of redemption, the plan of restoration, the plan of mercy, the plan of deliverance, and the everlasting gospel. The purpose of the plan is to provide opportunity for the spirit children of God to progress toward an eternal exaltation. Isn't it interesting to think that there was a point at which God was planning all of this? Think about the fact that we call the meeting in heaven a council. It wasn't just where he declared it to us as as a command wherein we just didn't have a choice. It was a council. He continues, The plan required the creation, and that in turn required both the fall and the atonement. These are the three fundamental components of the plan. The creation of a paradocycle planet came from God. So, cycle, just so that we're all on the same page, means an idyllic planet. So, a perfect planet came from God. Mortality and death came into the world through the fall of Adam. Immortality and the possibility of eternal life were provided by the atonement of Jesus Christ. The creation, the fall, and the atonement were planned long before the actual work of the creation began. Do you guys ever think about the Earth as this observable project, like I know that this isn't really how it is, but I just imagine that we're in this like like bubble or display, and that we can be <laughs> observed. We live here, we can't remember before, nor can we see what is to come like God can, so to us, this is our world, this is what absorbs our attention. Through help with the Spirit, we are able to have some grasp on the fact that our existence is bigger than this world, but because our perspective doesn't extend before or after mortality, it's hard to think of Earth as a limited piece of our puzzle, even though in theory, through the Spirit, we kind of know that, but it's just, you know what I mean, it's just hard to really grasp that. But even though we don't fully understand, we do have access to the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost testifies of truth. And that testimony, that witness of truth can be stronger than any of our senses. We can feel in our spirits and in our hearts that this earth isn't all that there is, even though we don't understand it. The plan is bigger than the here and now. The plan is all about our Father in Heaven's ultimate creation, which is a never-ending family that includes my posterity and yours, that includes progression unlimited for each one of us. And it just makes me think about how much Heavenly Father loves us and how we really are His children and He cares about what happens to us. And with that in mind, listen to this cool experience that President Nelson recounts. He says, While visiting the British Museum in London one day, I read the most unusual book. It is not scripture. It is an English translation of an ancient Egyptian manuscript. From it, I quote a dialogue between the Father and the Son. Referring to his father, Jehovah, the premortal Lord says, He took the clay from the hand of an angel and made Adam according to our image and likeness. And he left him lying for 40 days and 40 nights without putting breath into him. And he heaved sighs over him daily, saying, If I put breath into this man, he must suffer many pains. And I, Jehovah, said unto my father, Put breath into him. I will be an advocate for him and my father said unto me if i put breath into him my beloved son thou wilt be obliged to go down into the world and suffer many pains for him before thou shalt have redeemed him and made him come back to his primal state and i said unto my father put breath into him i will be his advocate and i will go down into the world and will fulfill thy command Although this text is not scripture, it reaffirms scriptures that teach of the deep and compassionate love of the Father for the Son, and of the Son for us, attesting that Jesus volunteered willingly to be our Savior and Redeemer. Isn't that beautiful? I I almost wish it was scripture. Next he continues, The Lord declared, This is my work and my glory, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, He who, under the direction of the Father, had created the earth, subsequently came into mortality to do the will of his Father and to fulfill all prophecies of the atonement. His atonement would redeem every soul from the penalties of personal transgression on conditions that he set. President Nelson next tells us about the phases of the creation, and he just describes them so beautifully. He says, each phase of the creation was well planned before it was accomplished. Scripture tells us that the Lord created all things spiritually before they were created naturally upon the face of the earth. The physical creation itself was staged through ordered periods of time. In Genesis and Moses, those periods are called days. But in the book of Abraham, each period is referred to as a time. Whether termed a day, a time, or an age, each phase was a period between two identifiable events, a division of eternity. Period 1 included the creation of atmospheric heavens and physical earth, culminating in the emergence of light from darkness. In Period 2, the waters were divided between the surface of the earth and its atmospheric heavens. Provision was made for clouds and rain to give life to all that would later dwell upon the earth. In Period 3, plant life began. The earth was organized to bring forth grass, herbs, trees, and vegetation, each growing from its own seed. Period 4 was a time of further development. Lights in the expanse of heaven were organized so that there could be seasons and other means of measuring time. During this period, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the earth were placed in the proper relationship to one another. The sun, with its vast stores of hydrogen, was to serve as a giant furnace to provide light and heat for the earth and life upon it. In period 5, fish, fowl, and every living creature were added. They were made fruitful and able to multiply, in the sea and on the earth, each after its own kind. In the sixth period, creation of life continued. The beasts of the earth were made after their kind, cattle after their kind, and everything which creepeth upon the earth, again after its own kind. Then the Lord counseled together and said, Let us go down and form man in our image, after our likeness. So the gods went down to organize man in their own image, in the image of the gods to form they him, male and female to form they them. Thus Adam and Eve were formed, and they were blessed to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. The seventh period was designated as a time of rest. Isn't that such an amazing description that President Nelson gives us of the creation? I love thinking about how the Lord uses science as his toolbox. Do we think that science and the Lord are separate? No, I absolutely don't believe that. The Lord understands infinitely more about science than our wisest scientists. Does that put the Lord in the category of scientist? The definition of a scientist is a person who is studying or has expert knowledge of one or more of the natural or physical sciences. So, in a sense, yes, he certainly has expert knowledge of all science, but the Lord is above that. And in my mind, above that, above the term scientist, he is in command of all the elements to use them for his purposes. He is a creator. President Nelson continues, The creation testifies of a creator. I testify that earth and all life upon it are of divine origin. The creation did not happen by chance. It did not come ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. And human minds and hands able to build buildings or create computers are not accidental. It is God who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. The creation itself testifies of a creator. We cannot disregard the divine in the creation. Without our grateful awareness of God's hands in the creation, we would be just as oblivious to our provider as we are goldfish swimming in a bowl. With deep gratitude, we echo the words of the psalmist who said, O Lord, how manifold are thy works! In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. President Nelson continues and testifies of the destiny and the purpose of the earth. The earth is but one of many creations over which God presides. Worlds without number have I created, he said. And I also created them for mine own purposes. And by the sun I created them, which is mine only begotten. Grand as it is, planet earth is part of something even grander. That great plan of God. Simply summarize, the earth was created that families might be. Scripture explains that a husband and wife shall be of one flesh, and all this that the earth might answer the end of its creation. And as part of the planned destiny of the earth and its inhabitants, here our kindred dead are also to be redeemed. Families are to be sealed together for eternity. A welding link is to be forged between fathers and the children. In our time, a whole, complete, and perfect union of all dispensations, keys, and powers is to be welded together. For these sacred purposes, holy temples now dot the earth. This goes back to what we've talked about on this podcast many times before. Families are central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of His children. It is all about families, it is about linking us together forever. Think of the beauty and marvelous event it is as families are sealed in the temple. I certainly don't think that my 19-year-old self realized the eternal significance of the day that I married my husband. When I had my first baby, I don't think I really thought about the eternal significance of the fact that she was born under that covenant. I don't think I really even understand the eternal significance of it right now. This is all so big and so grand and so magnificently perfect. President Nelson says, Though our understanding of the creation is limited, we know enough to appreciate its supernal significance, and that store of knowledge will be augmented in the future. Scripture declares, In that day when the Lord shall come again, He shall reveal all things, things which have passed, and hidden things which no man knew, things of the earth by which it was made, and the purpose and the end thereof, things most precious, things that are above and things that are beneath, things that are in the earth and upon the earth and in heaven. Yes, further light and knowledge will come. The Lord said, If there be bounds set to the heavens or to the seas or to the dry land, to the sun, the moon, and the stars, All the times of their revolutions, all the appointed days, months, and years, and all their glories, laws, and set times shall be revealed in the days of the dispensation of the fullness of times. Eventually, the earth will be renewed and receive its paradiseical glory. At the second coming of the Lord, the earth will be changed once again. It will be returned to its paradiseical state and be made new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. So even though we don't understand right now, we have been promised that we will in the future. And in part, the future is here. I know, at least for me, I am understanding more and more every day the significance of all of this. And though we don't know exactly when the Lord is going to come again, we will all be there. Whether that be in this lifetime of ours or in the next, we will be there and we will get to have further light and knowledge. It says, in that day when the Lord shall come again, he shall reveal all things. I want to end with President Nelson's closing thought. He says, meanwhile, brothers and sisters, we should understand our significant responsibilities. Both the creations of God and the creations of man teach us the importance of each component. Do you think that the absence of one piece of granite from the face of this building would be noticed? Of course it would. So it is with each son or daughter of God. We cannot let the head say unto the feet that it has no need of the feet. For without the feet, how shall the body be able to stand? Just as the body has need of every member, so the family has need of every member. All members of a family are to be linked, sealed, and edified together that the system may be kept perfect. The creation, great as it is, is not an end in itself, but it is a means to an end. We come to the earth for a brief period of time— Endure our tests and trials, and prepare to move onward and upward to a glorious homecoming. Our thoughts and deeds while here will surely be more purposeful if we understand God's plan and are thankful for and obedient to His commandments. As beneficiaries of the divine creation, what shall we do? We should care for the earth, be wise stewards over it, and preserve it for future generations. And we are to love and care for one another. We are to be creators in our own right. Builders of an individual faith in God, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and faith in His church. We are to build families, to be sealed in holy temples. We are to build the church and kingdom of God upon the earth. We are to prepare for our own divine destiny, glory, immortality, and eternal lives. These supernal blessings can all be ours through our faithfulness. I testify that God lives, Jesus is the Christ and Creator. He is Lord over all the earth. He has established His Church in these latter days to accomplish His divine purposes. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ.